Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing? I'm good, Chris. I'm uh, waking up in a probably a better state than a lot of people over the pond uh, are waking up. It's, it's currently the, the first that we're recording this, and pe- a lot of people have uh, colourless and over there, so we send you guys love and hope that this 45 minutes of Nihonophile nonsense provides a little respite from your, your current situation. Um, Chris, what are you yes. doing? What are you doing in that there, Japan? Has it got incredibly hot? I hear that uh, during the summer months, when it gets hot up uh, north of Sendai, you go full Daisy Dukes. That's what I've, that's what I've been hearing, full hot pants. I do, but I'm I'm still shocked by your use of the phrase "nonify nonsense." Nonophile nonsense. <laughs> Nonophile. Yeah. Nonophile that, that nonsense. Is, look, look, everyone's having a shitty How time, and, and there are certain groups who have who are definitely having a shittier than everybody else. But we can all just go under that Nihonophile Weibo nonsense <laughs> flag that we fly every single Wednesday night, GMT or Greenwich. That's Greenwich Mean Time. Are we in summertime? BST. Well, yes, you're I don't Greenwich know. We're on BST now. <laughs> I'm just BST worried now. that someone listening in is going to steal the phrase Nihonophile nonsense and turn that into a Nihonophile rival podcast yes. about Japan. Could be, maybe I'll do it. Double bubble, How mate. Dare you. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> I'll just do like a drama podcast slagging you off. Oh, he's a real pain in the behind, he is. He really How is. Dare you. Um, yeah, it's hot. It's hot. It's very hot. It's hot. Um, yeah. Are you in your Jersey Jukes? Are you in your Bermudas? I'm in shorts. I've been here eight years, right? And I'm still not used to Japan in summer because it's so bloody humid, mm. right? In England, in the UK, whatever, it gets hot in the evening or just like during the day. But in in the summertime, it get, gets quite hot. But in the evening, it's not that warm. Like it gets cold, right? Because it's not that humid. Mm. Whereas in Japan, like in the summer, even at 1am, 2am, it's really quite hot outside. And I, it's my favourite time of day just to go waltzing through the neighbourhood at night in my shorts with a smile. It's beautiful. If you've run into me, say hello. If you're in the streets of Sendai. <laughs> hello, man in shorts. <laughs> Sweaty yes. man in shorts. Nobody deserves to <laughs> Please say, say hello. Nobody's saying hello, Chris. Nobody <laughs> wants to say hello. <laughs> no, probably not. I'll be deep in thought. When I've got my thought face on, I look pretty pretty terrifying, pretty uncomfortable. Just, mm. just avoid Similar it. to a lot of other faces you make during Indeed. Congress. So what speak. is this? Shooting what all is these this? Shots at me. Take down. Oh. Look, come on. Come on. Just having a bit of fun. 
having a giggle. What I will say is, it's been a good week for me personally because I've been getting into studying Japanese again. One thing I've been doing when I go for those strolls at night is I've been testing myself. Like I look at every object around me from a sign to a car to a tree to a house, anything. And then I ask myself, what's that in Japanese and what's the sentence I could make using that object, right? And it's kind of been testing my Japanese. I've got, and then during the daytime when I'm not outside waltzing around, I've been studying new vocabulary and getting back up to speed and it's been really fun like i really enjoy studying japanese i just haven't done it properly in years now because i've been so busy and i've got a flawed kind of all or nothing mentality where i'm all i'm either kind of all in doing something whether it's making a video or studying or i'm nothing when i just don't do it so i just rather than do a little bit of studying over the years of japanese if i'm not all in if i'm not devoting all my time and energy to it i just sort of give up and then don't bother doing it so trying to get rid of that um, stupid mentality because it's massively flawed yeah what is the inverse of adhd i think you've got that because adhd people i think i might have a i'm sure it's a sliding scale but i'm increasingly sort of sort of thinking i don't don't know adhd is is massively over um diagnosed but i was asked that when you hear about what adhd is that's kind of me that is full-on me just being unable the only reason I'm able to sit down for 45 minutes uh, and do this is because I'd be letting you down and I'd be letting the um, aforementioned uh, Nihon Nonsense fans out there um, down. So, you know, I, I, I just think that uh, you've got whatever the inverse of ADHD is. You're very focused on one thing and then you move on to the next and then you move on to the next and then you move on to the next. Are you very focused, Pete? No, that's what I mean. No, I just can't. I just chaotic. can't focus. I just. I just chaotic. I just get distracted very easily. It's just. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Well, I we'll don't know what we right. do without you, Pete, on this podcast. I don't know what our Cheers, listeners Chris. would do. Probably. <laughs> well, we could probably replace you. We'll look into it. You, you could one easily replace me. One of our listeners who loves you dearly uh, is Alec oh. from Lebanon, and I remember a few weeks ago we talked about Alec from Lebanon, ladies and gentlemen, because he is stranded in Japan with his girlfriend since April. Um, obviously, because of the situation, Japan has closed a lot of flights, airports, people can't come in. If people do go out, they can't return. And if they do go out and their home country's closed, they can't get back in. And in Alec's case, Lebanon's airport was closed, so he couldn't go home. And because there was ongoing economic issues back in Lebanon, their credit cards were frozen as well. So uh, Alec and his girlfriend were f- relying on friends and family wiring them money. Um, and then worst of all, the bloody visas expired as well. And so oh, they bloody hell. faced being in a really dodgy situation in Japan. And they went to the infamously busy immigration uh, borough in Tokyo, in Shinagawa. And anyone that's lived in Japan who's done their visa in Tokyo will know that this place in Shinagawa is pretty nightmarish. Like in Alex, by Alex's own admission, when he went to go and renew his visa, the queue was so long, he didn't bother. He just gave up. Um, but we talked about his story. I live here and now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm just going to live here now because I don't yeah, want to queue up. Yeah. And, uh, but Alec, we brought him up and Alec actually uh, followed up our question because I said in the podcast, It'd be nice to hear from Alec again what he's doing, where he's staying, how is he staying in Japan, given those circumstances. And he sent us a follow-up email, so I'm going to read it out now and let's see how Alec has been getting by. And he says, Dear Chris and Pete, thank you so much for sharing our story. What a surprise to be listening to the podcast and have my story pop up. Talk about a sucker punch. Uh, As to where we've been staying here, we've lived for four extra weeks in an upper hotel. Their prices are currently the lowest for acceptable accommodation. Then we decided to move to an Airbnb, which is slightly cheaper, much bigger. Um, As an update about the much maligned immigration 
Borough in Shinagawa. We finally took a crack at it yesterday and sure there's a lot of traffic, but if you come early at 7.30am and prepare your documents, you can be in and out in less than two hours, which is still a bloody long time, isn't it? Crikey. Um, <laughs> wow. Kudos to the Japanese staff for being friendly and helpful. I don't know what all the negative reviews are about, but literally no one was rude or unprofessional. So now I've got a three-month extension on my visa till July. That hopefully I won't need <sighs> I won't need that much anymore. Thanks again for the feature, Alec and his good lady. So it's good to hear Alex doing all right. I can't imagine yeah. what it must have been like stuck in an upper hotel for four weeks. How would you describe an upper hotel to our listeners, Pete, for those that don't know what it is? A big, uh, a um, very popular business hotel run by a racist <laughs> who likes curry. <laughs> run by a curry-obsessed racist. Brilliant. That is, that is better yeah. than anything I could have thought up. Mm. I mean, the hotel's a business hotel, and the racist book that you're referring to is some sort of nationalistic history book that is actually mm. really well translated in English. And the Chinese Olympic team were planning to stay there, but then cancelled once they saw what was in the book. But um, racism aside, it's just a very cheap hotel chain. And it's the rooms are so small. Like I often stay mm. there when we travel around. And Pete, you and I stayed there in Osaka, didn't we? When you trashed the room did, in about yeah. four minutes after you'd, uh, after you'd arrived. <laughs> I did. I really need more room in hotel rooms. These Japanese hotel rooms cannot contain all of my gachapon machine purchases. They can't contain all of the technology I buy when I'm out in Japan. Um, so once I open my case, it's game over, really. It's, just, it's like an explosion in a Pete Donaldson possession factory. It's awful. It was a shit show. It was bad. It was, it was a really shit It was awful. Terrible. Um, but I can't imagine spending four weeks in there. After like three or four days, I, I you know, I have to get out of there. It's like a prison cell. You'd go loopy, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, it would go loopy. So well done on getting an Airbnb and well done on the visa extension, Alec. I hope the situation's improved and I hope you're able to get yeah. back to Lebanon one day. Yeah. Like, it seems uh, good so old Carlos kind of like weird. So weird. So strange. Yeah, they, that's probably, probably they've probably uh, got a really sort of... Um, they're probably shit hot on sort of arrivals from Japan. We don't want them. Prob- they, they cause problems. They cause international incidents. We don't want anyone coming from Japan. <laughs> I do, yeah. I mean, it was quite interesting reading about how um, Carlos Ghosn, Japan's most famous foreign businessman, escaped. We did do a podcast on that back in mm. January. He seems to have been let off the hook now. Everything After that, everything went to pot around the world. The world's world gone and, to shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one cares now that he just yeah, snuck out. I- Japan's greatest fugitive of all time snuck out on a Learjet and flew to Turkey to live happily it seemed, ever after. It seems kind of it seems kind of quaint that um, a man accused of uh, you know fraud or whatever he was accused of embezzlement mm. or whatever. Um, you know, it, 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 that was a story from January. It seems almost quaint that the idea of you know fraud or embezzlement we should be really caring about when lots of cities are on fire, etc. Yeah, yeah, right. Go off the hook. Well done. Good bring timing, Carlos. Bring game. us back to January. Can we go back to January, please? We can. We can relive the Sapro Snow Festival all over again. I remember January. Oh, I love a it. simpler time when theme parks, you were able to go on a roller coaster in a theme park and scream and shout. Remember that, Pete? Remember the good old days? I, do, I don't visit a lot of I don't visit a lot of amusement uh, parks, but I wish that I did because they're one of my favourite things in the world. Water parks, amusement parks. I love roller coasters. I love big flumes. I love slides. Um, and as a, a grown man, I do not go to enough of them, quite frankly. Well, if you did go to Tokyo Disneyland now or Universal Studios, you can't mm. scream on the rides when they reopen. They are banning screaming. And that's our first news story of the week. We've got three news stories this week. 
And they're all like, they all just make Japan seem really dull and boring and depressing. In some right, ways. yeah. Um, now, you could argue this is a good thing or a bad thing. Personally, I mean, I think it's a little bit over the top, especially as um, when they open Tokyo Disneyland and USJ Universal Studios, you have to wear a mask. And before you go in, you have to have your temperature taken as well to mm. check you don't have a fever. And then on top of all that, when you're on the roller coaster, they don't want you screaming or shouting anymore uh, for fear that you might be able, you might be spreading disease. What do you think about that? A good, a good measure or a little bit over the top thoughts? I think that I'm old because I, I went away um, uh, during the pandemic and I was sort of getting into a country that um, has got pretty decent healthcare um, and, you know, they, they were testing everyone's mm. temperatures. And I, and I was like, I just got off a flight. I'm hot. I'm irritable. You know, I'm not <laughs> from these warm climes. So I am warmer than usual. And I'm just really paranoid that I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be found out as having a high temperature. God knows what my temperature is like at Tokyo Disneyland in the height of summer. <laughs> like, like, I'll be the hottest man. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not built for this weather. So, yeah, my head will get very warm. So I don't know how. I, I'm sure there is a way of figuring out what the mean temperature for what a normal human temperature is uh, under massive amounts of sunshine. But I'm fairly certain my head would give off way more rays than uh, it would usually do. So yeah, it, it, it just seems un, unworkable. Uh, and certainly the no screaming on roller coasters. Come on, guys. I mean, I, I can't help myself. I'm, I'm more of a kind of um, grab the seat really tight and go. Mm. Am I still allowed to go on a roller coaster? That's what I want to know. Well, what I've found with roller coasters over the years, and I do love a good roller coaster. I um, I find you, I can get by without screaming. But screaming mm. makes it more fun. There's that cathartic release when you're just okay, going down, right? right? Yeah, it's yeah. just like, wow, yeah, this is amazing. Fuck. I love it. I love that. What are they so going to do? That, just throw you out. Get you off, well, you you off the roller coaster and throw no, you out. You get off Space Mountain and like a security team come over. You screamed on the right. Sc- get out. <laughs> you, you screamed because you wanted it to go faster. And that's not in the rules <laughs> of uh, Tokyo Disneyland. But um, have you seen that uh, someone's taken an aerial shot of um, Super Mario World in Universal Studios? I think it's Universal Studios in Japan, in Tokyo. Um, they've, uh, they've, taken an, uh, they've taken, I think somebody took a drone shot of them building... Mm. Um, this Super Mario um, tie-in. Uh, God, it looks good. It looks amazing. Yeah, they've spent billions. I mean, Univer- this is Universal Studios, right? So yeah. they've got Harry Potter World, which is impressive. Whether whether you're not a fan of Harry Potter, they've literally reconstructed Hogwarts to half the size of what Hogwarts would be. And they've got like a whole town and a train from not- Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Even I was impressed, as grumpy and as cynical as I am. So it makes me think, if they could pull that off with Harry Potter World... What are they going to do with Super Mario World? They must have spent billions on it. Have you, do yeah. you know what's actually there? What you can do? I don't, I, I don't know what the rides are, but it just—it just looks like a Mario World level. I mean, all of like the the the, the um, plants and the flora and fauna of the uh, Mario Cinematic Universe are all there. So yeah, it looks great. So they sell giant mushrooms, <laughs> flowers. Maybe. Imagine taking magic mushrooms and then pieing yourself off at uh, that would be amazing. Imagine for a couple if- of hours. Imagine if there's a question box you have to jump on to get in, and as you jump on it, like a mushroom just comes out and slaps you in the face. How amazing would that be? Just like Mario. That's Love what it. I want. Bring it yeah. on. Um, so some mixed news there. Arguably, well, yeah. good news, Mario, bad to... news, roller coasters. 
if you are uh, a super, if you are in Super Mario Land, either in uh, either maybe you're, I'm speaking to a person who might be an Italian plumber who lives in a fantasy world. Uh, please do alcohol wipe down all of the mystery boxes uh, once you've headbutted them. Um, okay, so just 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 for your fellow Mario, uh, just look after each other. All right. Well, one thing you won't be doing though. If you wipe wipe away, but one thing you won't be doing necessarily yeah. is looking at your smartphone while walking through the theme park because now what? Japanese politicians want to make walking while looking at your smartphone illegal. Uh, this isn't nationwide yet. Basically, back in January, these uh, some researchers work in the city of Yamato in um, uh, Kanagawa Prefecture. Uh, they did a test to see how many people getting off the train were looking at their phones. Now, out of 6,000 people, they found 12% were looking at their phones while they were walking. Apparently, there's been um, an, up, an increase in the number of cases of people getting injured, uh, walking around, looking at their phones, not really looking where they're going and causing mayhem. And so the, the City Council of Yamato in June this month, they're looking at proposals to make walking while looking at a smartphone illegal. Can you believe that? Now, I must admit, I've had days where people have come towards me, looking at their phone, nearly banging into me, and I've thought, damn you, I wish that was illegal. But thinking about it, I do think it's a little bit extreme, especially for tourists. Imagine if you're coming around Tokyo, Google Maps in hand, you don't know where you're going, and you need to look at your smartphone to make sure you don't fall down the stairs or into a river or something. You need that Google Maps, even I do, and then you get arrested or done for it. What do you reckon? Yeah. Well, I just think that the Yamato City's Council um, will be voting on a proposal that um, governs a very small part of Japan. I don't think this will catch on, quite frankly. Um, you don't see a lot. I, I don't think you see a lot of people genuinely crashing into each other because you're looking because they're looking at their phones. It's more dangerous when you're driving or anything like that. Uh, that like that. But yeah, yeah. I find myself. Um, almost running into people all the time. I'm terrible at like walking and doing two things at the same time. Um, and you mean just walking uh, I'm in general. Yeah, you know, just walking. I'm bad at walking. I should really concentrate Brilliant. on the walking part. But actually, um, actually, like using my smartphone and, and what I'm constantly walking into people. It's horrible. So I'd like to apologise for everyone who's uh, <laughs> who I've ever walked into <laughs> while using a smartphone. I just get so kind of. Oh, caught up in what I'm doing, especially if it's like a, if there's like a long kind of WhatsApp. Because we, do, as Stakhanov, the, the producers of this podcast, we we do a lot of business on smart on 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 WhatsApp. Mm. So we've got like a Slack group and stuff. But WhatsApp is like quite a fast paced kind of thing. So if you don't get your point across really quickly, it's gone. It's it's, it's lost. Forever. Tears in the rain. It's lost forever. It's like nobody cares about what you have to say about this particular thing that just then. So it is kind of quite hard to uh, to to keep the momentum up. <laughs> I just like the idea of you being arrested for public disobedience, disobedience, just walk, just for walking, really. Oh, that really is, I mean, that is the last thing. Fashion. That is the last thing I'll get arrested for when it comes to public disobedience. <laughs> Definitely is. But uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The next time oh. you're in Japan or in London, downtown London, if someone walks into you, it could be Pete Donaldson. Imagine that. That would be all right. either good I mean, or bad. I would say how that, bad like, the I'm not, instant is. <laughs> I'm not being funny. We had Google Glass. We've had like Snapchat uh, uh, glasses. There should be uh, there should be some way of looking at your phone without looking at your hands or looking at your smartphone. So you boffins in Japan, you know, you call yourself these tech whiz kids, you tech boffins, you tech whiz kids, stop making um, a box that shakes your clothes dry like what I saw in Tokyo Hands last year. Get involved Sounds in amazing. making it easier for us to consume the content on our phone without looking at our watch or looking at a phone, all right? We need smart glass. It's, it needs to come back for 2020. 
get yourself on Dragon's Den. Pitch that idea. <laughs> the good news, though, is while I, it's looking like this might not pass, hopefully, and even if it does no. pass, it's not punishable. Like a lot of uh, rules in Japan, it's not punishable. It's just right. people might... I mean, on the upside, because it's not punishable, people might obey it, and whilst they won't get arrested or dragged off for looking at their phone, it might discourage people from doing it. And it is a little bit annoying, but I still think it's a necessary part of daily life. Um, On a slightly more positive note, though, one topic we somehow missed or we didn't cover in detail, I think back in April, was that uh, Mm. it was a Japanese video game ban for children uh, in Kagawa Prefecture in Shikoku. Do you remember this, Pete? Do you remember the details? I remember them having a crack at this. I mean, obviously, um, the Chinese have, have tried this a few times, but uh, mm. it seems like uh, it seems a strange thing to uh, decide to do right now in, in Japan in, in, again in 2020. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's more pressing issues. But back in April, basically, there was a law um, where minors can't play video games for more than 60 minutes on weekdays, and they've got to keep their playtime under 90 minutes per day on weekends. Uh, they're allowed, then also not allowed to use a smartphone after 9 or 10 p.m depending on their age, uh, with the exception that if they're using the device to study, they can go as late as they want. It's oh, an easy way of getting around that. Yeah, I'm studying. Yeah. <laughs> Video games. That's, that's exactly why I bought my, my dad uh, bought me like an Amiga back in the day because it was going to help me with my studying. Is it now when I'm studying? The teachers had no idea what an Amiga was for Christ. <laughs> it just makes yeah, me no absolutely giggle. I, I mean, what it will do, hopefully, is cut down the length of time it takes to complete a blooming Japanese RPG or a Japanese video game because they are <laughs> lengthy and they are girthy and everyone witters on constantly. Um, I got back into Yakuza 6 uh, this this week, uh, had a little fiddle on that, and uh, oh, nice. I, I forgot how... how um, chatty everyone isn't it so guys just let me just let me get across the map i don't need to fight you right now i don't need to talk to you about anything just let, let me do the mission and so i can I'll, I'll come back to you guys i'll fight you guys later but just let me get over there it just it just it's incredibly annoying when games just artificially lengthen their well, their their play time great value i though, remember great value. i picked up yakuza and uh yakuza and actually yeah, i just couldn't play it the cutscenes were too long so same with a lot of Hideo Kojima games, who is brilliant, but the cutscenes just go on so long sometimes. And who knows if this rule takes off, if this becomes yeah. uh, illegal, then uh, could be could be happening. Fortunately, though, no it, no it is controversial for a number of reasons. And uh, the basically a mother and son living in Kagawa decided to fire, file a lawsuit against the prefectural government because they said this is ridiculous Ooh. because you're making me into a criminal for not banning my son from playing video games. And then Kagawa's lawyer association, the Bar Association, issued a statement calling for an, uh, calling for this to be abolished because it just doesn't make sense. It goes against Japan's constitution, potentially. Um, it oversteps the prefecture's authority by creating this framework where parents are technically, as I said, criminals, if they don't track or enforce limits on how much time their kids are playing video games. And then it's just it's straight it? up mental, to be honest. It's just straight up ridiculous. <laughs> the, so the, the, It's, it's, it's the path of least resistance, isn't it, for, for, for any kind of lawmaker? Mm. Shall we lobby PlayStation to put actual hard limits on how long games are being played by minors? Yeah, can you imagine? No, nah, we'll, just, we'll just tell off the mothers. We'll just tell off the fathers. <laughs> halfway, halfway through completing a mission, a little pop-up says, your time is up, go to bed, go and study something. <laughs> pitiful child but there you go i i mean it's looking up it's looking good though it's looking like that uh 
the the lawyers that have banded together to stop this in Kagawa might have their way. And so uh, video games might be a thing for children once more. And the oversight of prefectural governments will be brought down a peg because it is a little bit ridiculous. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Are you struggling to find something to watch during lockdown? You've drained Netflix, rewatched all your old favorites, and now you need something new? Well, we're here to help. Join us for Clash of the Titles, the podcast where two movies with something in common go head-to-head in a fight to the death. Release the Kraken. Well, not death. We just decide which one is better. When they do a long shot of the crowd in the ivory tower, it's different to the close-up. And if you look closely, you can see E.T., Mickey Mouse, Chewbacca, um, (laughs) Ewoks, and C-3PO. So when Wolfgang Peterson went to Spielberg, went, yeah, uh, could you maybe um, re-edit uh, my, my movie? Uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg went, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm probably going to cut out? E-f***ing teammate. I made that. Find your new favourite movie or revisit an old classic with me, Alex Zane, Vicky Crompton and Chris Tilly. New episodes out every Monday and Thursday. Clash of the Titles is a Stakhanov production. Uh, and with that, Takes us now to the fax machine. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Donaldson? What have we got from Oh, 
we've got the beautifully named Sam, which is fantastic. Hey there, Chris and Pete. I'm Sam from the uh, Philippines. Uh, I last finished a visit to Japan in 2015. It was a l- wonderful experience. Since then, I wanted to visit it again, but I've never had the chance to. Good thing I was able to live vicariously through your stories in both Chris's videos and the podcast that you and Pete have been making. My question is this. How long did it take for you to be used, uh, used to the thought of going to an onsen? During my visit, I was at an international conference in a hotel uh, near Lake uh, Kawaguchiko, and the biggest mental obstacle I've noticed from foreigners is being naked for the first time in an onsen. It was such an amusing thing to see foreigners and fellow Filipinos hesitate to enter and take a long time to take off their clothes, while Japanese counterparts just were... Counterparts just walk around fully naked, taking their bath. I'm a man with no shame, though. So getting naked in a place where you're allowed to do so sounds pretty natural for me. Sam, you are a deviant, and <laughs> I am enjoying your email. Um, so how about you guys, though? How was the first time, and how long did the awkward feeling last? It is weird, isn't it, Chris? It is kind of, we don't do that, especially as Brits. The only time anybody sees my genitals is if I'm in the gym, uh, and I am working out my penis. Now, uh, <laughs> I am in the uh, gym, uh, locker so room, I'm getting changed. <laughs> You're hey, not going to regret saying it's, that. It's a muscle, mate. It's a muscle. It oh, needs to be exercised. But yeah, it is kind of difficult, isn't it? Because it's like you walk in and you're like, I mean, I'm just Billy Bollocks. I mean, and, and also the little towels that you have, the Japanese men. Modesty it, towel. Men, um, the modesty towel. Um, they put them on their heads. So it's like, you know, those little those little kind of cloths. And that's taking the mick. It's like, God, I don't even need this. I'm going to wear it on my head as I get into this bath. It's very amusing. <laughs> yeah, so when you go into a, a hot spring in Japan, you get a little flannel, don't you? It's, it's, what is it the size of? It's like the size of a flannel. And you use that to cover your uh, second half, your lower half, when you're walking around. And then when you go in the onsen, whatever you do, don't right, put that yeah. flannel near the water because it's covered in sweat and stuff. And it's not, you know, people to keep the pool clean. So put it on your head. You sort of roll it up and stick it on your head. And we did a video with Ryotaro back in 2016 called Staying at Traditional Japanese Inn. And the thumbnail is Ryotaro and I sitting in a hot spring with those towels on our heads looking like Muppets. But I remember, <laughs> I mean, we've been, how many times have you and I been to an onsen? Just once, right? In Just Saturday. once, but I think, but so in that was the, my first visit. I think it was the first, my first visit to an onsen. And it re, I, really? I think that's what I went for. My God, it's an amazing hangover cure. But you obviously showed me what to do, showed me, you know. So I, I guess it is, if you've never had that before, that's actually quite difficult but what like when i've sort of been our mates and we've stayed at the um what's that hotel that always is an onsen that i really like it's like a cheap um chain uh, hotel dormian 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 not run by a racist unless they are i don't know um, <laughs> um, but they've always got onsen in them and, and sort of introduced my friends to them they're like oh my god it's amazing it's such a good hangover cure but there is sort of you don't really know what you're doing like you don't really know because mm. obviously japan's just everything's codified in this kind of like unspoken um, way of doing things, you know, don't, don't, don't jam mm-hmm. the, don't jam the um, chopsticks into the rice and all that bollocks. Like, um, don't, like, so you're always kind of like on edge that you're doing the wrong thing uh, unless you're yeah. an utter, utter sociopath. Um, so it's kind of, um, it's kind of nice to have someone to show, show you around. This is how we do it. This is what happens here. Put that on your head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. There are there's so many rules, and even I'm learning now after all these years. Still, you, you come across rules that you weren't aware of, and it it does keep you on edge. It does make you anxious. When I go back to my first experience in onsen, it was in my first month of being in Japan, and it was in the most awkward and uncomfortable way. Basically, all the new English teachers that uh, that come to the prefecture. So I think it was about twenty two new ALTs, like assistant language right. teachers. We went to some conference in Yamagata Prefecture 
in the city. And after the, in the evening, before dinner, we all had this big dinner, we all went to the onsen together. And I thought, well, this must be a big bathhouse to take all of us. And we went in and it was just like a tiny, really quite small little pool, like really narrow, like big enough to fit like six people in. And there was like 18 of us. And it was really uncomfortable. For a lot of us, it was the first time to be completely naked like that. And I remember just thinking, what the hell's going on? Why am I doing this? And stripping off naked with everyone and then going in. And some of us got in the pool. The other half had to sit kind of around the side of the pool. And we're all very careful where we're placing the flannels to uh, keep ourselves concealed. It's just really awkward. I didn't feel that uncomfortable. And it was really funny because nobody mentioned it was kind of one of those awkward situations where it was an elephant in the room. Like no one went, well, this is uncomfortable, is it? To try and help break the ice. Instead, everyone just went, yeah, yeah so um, yeah, Japan's good, isn't it? Yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone was, yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? And just nobody said, this is fucking awkward, which it was. And we all just sort of sat in there for half an hour sweating in the pool and completely naked, trying to hold the flannels down in careful positions. So it was pretty awkward. But uh, after that, it was fine. Once it's once I'd gone through it once, it was fine. And then any other time I went to a hot spring, it was it was okay. Thank God mm. for the flannel. But it does feel <laughs> just natural just because everyone's doing trip, it, right? Don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hugely. And you know, you go in and it's not what you imagine it to be. Is everyone just staring at each other? Right? What they're naked? What? But really, people keep their eyes to themselves. You find a uh, kind of Japanese bathhouse, and so mm. I think that's one reason it wouldn't work in the UK. I think people would just be annoying and bully everyone and it'd just be a nightmare it only works when you've got a collectivist culture where everyone agrees on the same principles and everyone sticks to the rules right and don't come in wearing tattoos like you mr donaldson <laughs> just, just, just breaking the we, rules. how many emails do we get a week about her tattoos <laughs> just a lot well you say that we've got one the next one from dan dan your man in the can burra mm. <laughs> can burra uh he cool. says hi chris and pete this is a story i think about his uh, a rather odd experience in a in an onsen. He says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. Thanks for putting out such reliably good content. Reliably good. I like that review. I'm something of a Japan enthusiast myself. Not sure if I can lay claim to being Canberra's top enthusiast, but I would hope to be in the top three. It's very specific. I spent about two years teaching English in Tokyo in the early 2000s. After which, I moved back to Australia with the beautiful Japanese woman I met at a nightclub in Shibuya shortly after I oh. arrived, and now my wife." Of 16 years. Congratulations, Dan. We regularly go back to Japan for holidays and travel to different parts of the country, usually with a heavy focus on visiting onsen hot springs. On a Tokyo trip about 10 years ago, my wife was desperate for a soak, so I went online and found a tattoo-friendly bathhouse in Asakusa. After arriving, my wife and I went our separate ways to the men's and women's bathing areas. I got naked, washed myself and wandered into the main bath area, which was teeming with naked Japanese men of all ages, shapes and sizes. There were uh, there were very few free spots available, but I spied an empty section of the main bath and made a beeline for it. The water was ridiculously hot, and shortly after I got in, my muscles started involuntarily convulsing. I couldn't work out what was going on, but I assumed it was my body's reaction to the extreme heat. It was quite uncomfortable and alarming, so I got out, all the while trying to keep my cool and not attract attention. I then noticed there was a Rotenburo area outside, which is a outdoor bath, basically, mm. which I hoped would be a bit quieter and cooler. It was early March, so it was still pretty cold out. There was a small bath out there with only one Japanese guy bathing in it, so I got in. After a few minutes of pleasant relaxation, a burly 
Japanese man came out and joined us. He was covered in tattoos from his neck to his wrist to his ankles and quite obviously a member of the Yakuza. The other Japanese guy immediately got out and ran away. I didn't want to offend the Yakuza guy, so I decided to stay for a bit, quietly shitting myself. Not literally. That would have been awful. We sat there minding our own business for a few minutes without looking at each other. Then after what felt like a respectable amount of time, I got out of the bath and left. Figuring that was enough fun and excitement for one evening, I decided to call it quits. When my wife eventually came out and met me in the waiting area, her first comment was, did you see the sign about the electric bath? Electric bath? No, I didn't see it, I said. But I'm pretty sure I experienced it. And that's a salutary reason in why you should study kanji. Uh, Turns out the bath he'd got in was a denki ofuro, literally an electric bath where they pass an electric current through the water. Like they put a voltage across the the water and it it makes your uh, muscle... (laughs) That's that's very upsetting. My dad's got one. My dad's got terrible knees. He had a couple of operations on his knees and his feet, and um, he's got this kind of kind of electric plate he puts his feet on, uh, and it convulses. It's got a rating from like zero to ninety nine to how much voltage goes across your feet. And honestly, like he can, he can. His I don't know what's wrong with his body. His body's weird that he can have it on like ninety nine for like half an hour. I can have it on twenty for ten minutes, and it just, it just, it just like stimulates the tenses of the muscle. And after afterwards, you're like genuinely feels like you've had a run or something or a workout, like a Terminator to be able to resist the electricity in the water. So weird. Yeah, uh, so Dan weird. says, my question for both of you is, have you experienced a Denki, bur- a denki Bureau uh, electric bath on your travels? If so, how do you find it? If not, would you be game? Matane, Dan, your man in the I'd can. Have, I'd have a go. Burr. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've done it. <laughs> I do. Have you? What's it feel like? Does, does it not cook, well, it, cook your eyeballs? It just feels really uncomfortable and tingly. You, I mean, I, I actually have the same issue as Dan. Uh, I did it my first year and I couldn't read the kanji for Denkiburo, uh, the electric bath. And there was a sign there, but it, it looked quite ominous, but I thought this will be fun. And the water wasn't cold. And that's the one thing I can't do at an onsen, right? Just get into a cold pool. But yeah. uh, I went in, I walked down the steps into the water and already it, I thought, I thought it was hot at first, but it was just really tingly. It was like, um, imagine the sensation of pins and needles when you've just sat on your leg for half an hour and then you get off and your leg really hurts. It's a bit like that. Um, and as I immersed myself in the water deeper and deeper, the tingling sort of rose up with the water. And it did feel really uncomfortable. It felt like pins and needles all over my body. I thought I was having a heart attack because of the heat in the water. Um, <laughs> and I remember just getting out and thinking, what the bloody hell was that? And then I learned the kanji a few weeks later for uh, electricity, denki. And I put two and two together and realised it was some sort of electric bath. Um, and I can't say I've gone in one since. So I actually try and avoid them because they're not fun. My word. I can't, like, it Your just seems like um, you, you probably would. <laughs> You'd become like a super cyan dad or something. But I, I cannot believe like that. I would just assume that there was something gone very wrong. Because like, obviously, if you have a poorly installed um, hot tub, I mean, uh, that could electrocute you at any point. So, you know, the, the, the people have died from <laughs> poorly installed electric hot tub tubs. I well, just yeah, presume yeah. that would be the situation, yeah. That's the thing, right? How does it Awful. work? What if someone trips over like a – I'm, I'm picturing – like I've seen too many films, clearly, where someone turns a yeah. lever and the electricity levels go Regular, imagine yeah. like a final, <laughs> a final destination situation in a pool where someone's relaxing in a hot spring and then like the cable accidentally falls off or something and – the temperature, the, the electricity levels rise up and just fry oh, the person you, in the pool. If you, ever, um, 
if you ever go backpacking across like Thailand, places like that, I've, n- I've never done it myself, but um, the showers that a lot of the poorer hotels and little kind of boarding houses and mm. hostels have, um, they're called stingers, and they're like these electrical kind of. It's just an it's just a shower head with a heating element uh, attached to a um, that, that's plugged into the mains, and the mains is obviously in the shower with you, and it's just it looks so dangerous. Oh and these um, shower heads just cook the water in the shower head, um, which could be sa- could be safe, I guess. You know, at the end of the day, what's the difference between having a shower head that's got the heating element in it than a box on the wall with an electrical shower? But still, yeah, I'm not having it. It's, it's not good. <laughs> they're, they're, they're fabulously notoriously, on, yeah, they're notoriously uh, terrible, uh, terrible cheap Chinese electronics that, uh, that, that that frequently give people electric shocks. That's horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. It's ranking. Well, we've got it, one. We've got, we, I noticed we skipped Speedy Japanese this week, but I'm going to include it because of the next question from Arto from Finland. Uh, he says, hello, greetings from Finland, guys. Coming to Japan as a tourist has been my dream ever since I found the channel uh, abroad in Japan. I have a question for Chris and one for Pete. Question for Chris, how do you say one beer or two beers, please, in Japanese? I've been wondering about this a lot as most information from online I've found has just been like, point at the finger at the menu and say, kore onagashimasu. I understand that Japanese people understand that foreign tourists do not have the language skills required to even order food, but I would like to show my appreciation for Japanese hosts as I order delicious Sapporo beer for myself and my friends. And a question for Pete, what made you so interested in Japan? Was it the culture of the people or something like that? Thank you for answering my questions and apologies for my bad English skills as it's not my native language. Best regards, Arto. And his English was actually very good. Don't worry, Arto. Yeah. Apparently, um, the, the, the Finnish uh, language has a lot to do with, uh, it has a lot of similarities, but word otherwise with the Japanese language. So probably closer no. to Japanese than, uh, than British, um, than English. Um, I would like to step in here, Chris, because obviously ordering beers is my speciality. Well, hey, <laughs> so you can answer both questions. You get a tea for the price of one today. Pete Donaldson. One beer, Ipai. That's the counting, num- that's the counting name, isn't it? Ipai. Knee high, yeah, that for one, two, three. You could, I mean, the mo- more common way yeah. is uh, Hitotsu, Tatsu. Hitotsu for Tatsu. Yeah. Well, Biru, Hitotsu onagaishimasu, Biru of Tatsu Um Obviously, you're familiar with all the counters in Japanese, right? Like different things of different counting systems. So for like mm. long cylindrical items, it's Ippon, Nippon, Sambon, Yom. And like for um, <laughs> paper items. <laughs> For paper items, it's uh, like mai, ichimai, nimai, sanmai, um, mm. kind of flat items. So it's there's so many counting systems, it gets quite complicated and annoying. But for beer, Possible. it's hitotsu, hoftatsu, mitsu, yotsu, and so on and so forth. So there's no quick way around it. I would honestly, unless you're committed to learning Japanese, I would just stick to saying kore onagaishimasu. Or didn't we teach you whiskey like the other week, Pete? How to yeah, order whiskey? A whiskey Roku. <laughs> no, it wasn't Roku, was it? Was it, <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. De. There you go. De Roku. I guess so. Yeah, but they, but the count, it, once, the once you start kind of once you start once you start learning about the the counting uh, words, you just it just blows your mind. You're like, how can this? How can this society function? Honestly, <laughs> it is unnecessarily complicated, but it works. Yeah. It kind of works. But yeah, why did you? 
what made you so interested in Japan? Was it the culture, the oh, people, or something like that? Technology, technology. I like technology. technology. Lights and and sound and noise and stuff we don't get out the west. It's 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 <laughs> always been Hartley fascinating. Pool. Always been fascinating. <laughs> Fair. It's a pretty short answer. Well, you're yeah. <laughs> a ser- you're a serial Japanophile, which is a phrase yeah. that raises a lot of eyebrows. You've but you've you literally have, made that up. That. <laughs> It's you've accused me of being that. It's not my fault you say that. The things you in your are, head. You're a top Japan enthusiast, Pete. We've established this over established 150 it. podcasts. Um, but there you go, technology. Fair enough. I let that go. I mean, I know I know you love your technology. We know you love your rice cookies, your old retro video games consoles. Um, <laughs> Pete is in his element. If you want to see Pete Donaldson in his element, ladies and gentlemen, check out our, our um, Osaka video together in the video games mm. bar. Mainly because I beat. I watched Pete, that again recently. It was <laughs> you did, yeah. You you were you chose the game that you were best at, uh, and then hammered me at it. Oh. So uh, yeah, but it was very fun chatting to the the kids of America Mura. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. It's a good one, and you can see why Pete yeah. loves video games so much, and why I'm a bomber man. That's the main reason. <laughs> Got one from Stuart. I'll hand that over to you. Uh, Stuart says, hi, Chris and Beats. Uh, thanks for the great insight you both provide during your podcast and uh, YouTube. It has been invaluable during my last two trips to Japan. I even got hooked on the coolish. Yeah, baby. Hooked on that coolish. Uh, just wondered if there was a follow-up on the fear of Natsuki's dwarfs he purchased during Natsuki the movie. Oh, I forgot about the dwarfs. He, he, he spent so much money on them. Do they hold pride of place in his salon or have they been dispatched elsewhere? Kind of regards, Stuart. Any news on the uh, dwarfs, uh, Chris? Do you remember the dwarfs? I mean, in Natsuki I do, the movie, I do, yeah, I remember... We went to Paris and we didn't do a whole lot there, but Natsuki felt the need. He wanted to buy some antiques for his uh, beauty salon. And we went to this antique market for like three hours and he couldn't find anything good. But then he found uh, the Snow Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And it was like, how much was it? It was like $200 for these, what were essentially dog toys, but Natsuki billed them as antique items. But they were like dog dog toys. (laughs) They're like squeaky Seven Dwarves. And he bought them for like $200. And then he put them in his beauty salon every Christmas and he just has them in the window. So if you ever see Natsuki's beauty salon at Christmas or the end of Natsuki the movie, you can see them there. Like he puts them in the window every year. He rolls them out and sticks them around the Christmas tree. And that is the only time that I've seen those damn dwarves. But he could sell them on for a profit. He could sell them on, yeah. Get get down uh, Mandarik, see what price you can get for them. (laughs) Just, uh, he's... Natsuki boggles the mind. And of course, this week marks the uh, the three, or two, I don't even know how many years, two-year anniversary of Natsuki the movie. So if you haven't oh. watched it, go check it out. Relive the magic. Relive the moment we met Pete Donaldson. Relive the seven yep. dwarves. What more could you want? <laughs> uh, keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to a Brawn Japan podcast at gmail.com, guys. We'll be back same time next week to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week and we'll be back next Wednesday to do it all over again. Take care. Bye-bye.
This was a Stakhanov production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.